Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Brought to you by Old Mutual. Hi, I'm Mac G, and this is the Amp Studios Creative Industry Podcast, a series of masterclasses that are designed to help you build a business in the music industry. Proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. Amp Studios is a free culture hub facility situated in the heart of downtown Johannesburg in Newtown with uh, world-class recording studios, co-working spaces, video facilities, a stage and streaming facilities all free and designed to help young artists build a career in the music industry. If you'd like to be a part of the Amp Studios or check out all the masterclasses and content we've created for you, just go to www.ampstudios.co.za or send us your name to our WhatsApp line on 081-707-6636. That's 081-707-6636. Quest is one of SA's most iconic rappers and songwriters known for his deep and distinctive voice. He's one of the greats to come from Katlehong and has sustained a career at the top for many years. Enda Varimini, welcome to Amped Masterclass by Old Mutual. My name is Mac G. And uh, we're coming at you live from Amp Studios in Newtown Junction Mall. Also joined by the legend, Questa himself. So the reason why we had to have you here, because I think it's very important to learn about financial health, financial responsibility, especially as we head into the festive season. I think whether you're an upcoming artist or a well-established artist like yourself, it's important to handle your money wisely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've gone through something we've never seen before, um, that is um, COVID and stuff, where a lot of incomes were cut. Not not reduced or anything, cut. So what, what started counting the most is is what you've been doing with the money you've been getting before this, you know. Uh, and and personally, that's how I've been surviving with whatever I've been putting on the side. So I'm happy I was a little bit, you know, savvy with it. You know? Tell us about your come up. How did you get into the industry? You know, what are some of the things that you've learned? I came up the old way, man. I came up from from record and with like a, an earpiece microphone, like a call center type thing. Humbala in my corner and 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 I could only record a minute of everything I was recording, you know. So um, that's how I started off. But and uh, your skill gets better and better. You you meet people, different types of people, and I eventually got into uh, a place where I could record properly. And I cut a demo. I asked my moms for choco, bambi care, but being entertainment, you know, where Slicker and Sugar Smacks were. I got there. I tried to play them my demo, and before I even pressed play, they said, "Now nah, we're not looking to sign anyone, you know, um, right now." But Ngashi, it demo, you know, and I left. Obviously, Zee Plung at that time. I'm like, damn, there goes the dream, right? But two days later, they made the mistake of listening to it. Um, <laughs> you know, they made the big mistake of listening to it, and and I got the call, and it's been a hell of a ride since. Yeah. So what was your assumptions about the game? I thought right after the call from Slick that I'm rich, I'm famous, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm well known. I thought my dreams had come true, you know. But what I learned was that that was just an opportunity for me to work, to kind of show how hard I can work, you know. So uh, all my interviews, you know, as soon as that means that's when you start working. If anything, you work harder than you, you did before you got your shot, you know. And, and that's a misconception a lot of people have. They think once the door is open, everything's fine. Once the door is open, you kind of have to give reason of why the door was open for you. So you kind of have to work harder than you did before the door was open. So my assumptions were that everything was going to be fine. 
but everything took a lot of work. I signed with Slick and Smacks in like 2007, you know, and we did a lot of groundwork in building the name, but it really only popped off in like 2012. If you think about it, that's like a five-year thing after being signed, you understand me? So so I, I realized that it really is just an opportunity for you to work harder. And, and what's great about it though, is that if you love it, it's never really worked. That's what I thought the game was. I thought it was all glitz glamour this that and the third everything i saw on tv and yeah i was on tv but that didn't mean i was bringing something home i had to work for that you know i had to work for the name to to come up the ranks you know uh, to a position where we are now so you sign you're thinking you got the money the money's not coming you think yeah and when famous? the money came let me tell you after right after i signed we did this hip hoop tour it was like basketball and hip-hop thing where it was like a stage on the bus you know and i was so immediately i'm going around the country right and and I remember we went to like Boman, all the provinces, right? And and some twice. So I think we went to like, we did like 15 shows, you know, um, just in a month or two, you know, and, and, and that was a great start. And, and the check for that was 12K. Um, yeah, I got 12,000 for two months work. I was just, I was happy and I was doing what I wanted. And immediately when I got that, Landa Machita and we all went to Durban. And in about a week, I had no money and I couldn't come back. So I was stuck in Durban for quite a while. Manja Slicker and Smacks have shows lined up and things like that. I'm not making those shows because I'm in Durban. You know what I mean? So, you know, but then, I mean, you come in and you learn. I thought that's just, it was an interesting time for me. I was like, because when I had that 12K, I'm rich. You know, I thought I was rich. I'd never had this money before. I mean, I'm 18 in Tuan. I've never made it for myself, any sort of money. And the first money is 12K. Of course, I'm going to Durban, you know, and, and blowing it in about three days and then getting stuck with Lulanok buying cows, you know. But it's just, <laughs> it is what it is. So when stuff like that happens, uh, what keeps you going? Because like you said, I mean, between 2007 and 2012, that's a long time to keep doing something yeah. and it's not yielding results. What, what made you be resilient and keep on pushing? I think the fact that it hadn't, it didn't happen that quickly is what kept. There was always something to do. So I'm like, from 2007 till 2012, there's nothing. That means, there's 2008. I gotta do better than 2007. 2009, I gotta do better than 2008. So there was always something to to beat. And big name took million years. There was always something I hadn't done, and and that's really what kept me going. And and as you go, you kind of fall in love with the process, you know. So so even after it popped off, it never really stopped because now I was just in love with 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 process of how things work, of how to build a brand. You learn that and how to build a song and how to you know sort of get to where you're going. And now I started falling love with that process and that's why I still do it because even when I got to where I wanted to go in that time and whenever you get somewhere I, th I, I always think there's like new dreams you know I mean if if, if I was to figure like new town as soon as we you know so from you know what I mean so and then the most sentient from your Cape Town you know so there's always something 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 great about it and that's what I love about the game so um, that's what always kind of keeps me going that there's things I haven't done and I want to do them. So the unknown, I want to reach and feel, and feel what it's like to, to be here and then feel what it's like to be there. And, you know, so like the search for the unknown is, is really what I, what I appreciate. And, and what would you say is better for an upcoming artist to get like a manual rule book of how it works? For example, you could be watching this masterclass now yeah. and you've got kind of like a cheat code of how the industry works. Or would you rather advise someone to go through your journey where you have to learn on the go. I know a lot of people that, that will sit in this chair and say, this is how you do it. I want to call bull 
did on that. I don't think there's this is how you do it kind of manual. I mean, yes, I mean, if, if you're going to say, yo, you have to go performing, you have to make songs, that's the obvious part, you know, that's just, that's not the how, that's what you do, you know what I mean? So I feel like our stories and our come-ups and, and maybe our, our destinies are different. Which means no one man has gone through what you what you what you're gonna go through. Your destiny could be record your own stuff, put it on the net, and tomorrow you might be, you know, the the biggest star we've ever seen. So I feel like you desire. It's all based on the type of things you want and on the type of sort of results you want something to garner, and you sort of custom make the process as you go. You custom make it. You see. You kind of try and calculate it. Because if you follow too much, you're following a path that, that won't have a destination that you're trying to go to. You know, wherever you go, you'll always kind of be behind someone because you were following them, you know. So I think, I think you just pretty much tailor make everything as you go. You tailor make the process. You, you, you tailor make the people you're working around and how the environment of the people around you is, you know. Um, because everything is telling from the music. If the music is speaking about you, everything around you should also be a representative of that. So, and I don't think that can be duplicated in any way. So I don't, I don't want to hear anybody say, this is the only way to do this. You know, yes, that worked for you. Great, kudos, you know. But I'm not from uh, where you're from. I don't have um, you know. I don't. So the stories will never be the same. So then, what what it requires from you will also never be the same. And you might be making a different type of music, music that never existed before. You know, you might create a new genre. And and so, who am I to say here's how you sell this genre? Let me tell you what to do because this is new and it's yours. You know, so you kind of have to tailor make it for everything. Do you think it was harder to get in the game during your time or do you think it's harder now? I really think to get in the game now is is much harder. And I'm not disrespecting what it took for me to get in the game or my generation, but there's so much content now. Every other day there's a new joint. Every other day there's a new artist. Every other day. And then also at the same time, the following day that new artist is gone and unheard of again. That new artist is, you know, so it becomes so hard. There's an influx of so much good stuff and, and an influx of so much stuff that there's just a bunch of stuff so to stand out and to to be a guy people go okay but we're gonna follow him is much harder now i mean my problem was resource it was hard to find resource but there was such a gap between me and the game right there was such a big gap based on resource and distance i'm from katlong and nobody was from there you know what i mean like you know i think probably the first celebrity i saw was slick when i went, when i was asking for a deal resources made a big gap between me and the game and i think now the struggles are different because technology has made it so much easier to record stuff and and just put stuff out and and so the game is a lot closer but there's so many people in there for you, no matter how close it is, to be noticed is much harder than it was then. I mean, I'm from the fact that I rapped alone kind of put me aside because nobody around me was rapping. It was easy to get attention because you were doing something nobody else was doing. Now, if you're doing something that everybody's doing, it's harder to get noticed in that clutter, you know? So, I mean, it's different generations for different things. I don't want to say which one's better and which one's not, but I do feel like now, the big fight is how to get noticed more than how to put it out there for people to buy, put the music out there. That's easy. It's the getting noticed that's tough. As an OG, when you look at the game now, what do you think some of the mistakes that these up-and-coming artists are doing? Identity, 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 you know. A lot of the new guys sort of 
come in and want to do what's popping, want to do what's hot. And it's not even genre-based or anything. Just they don't tailor-make this stuff, you know what I mean? They really, so-and-so had a song like this and this, so I want to try get as close as possible to that type of song, you know, where then that means you're leaving yourself behind and you're not in the music because you're trying to sort of make a replica of a hit song you know you're trying to make a replica of of a great looking video you know you're trying to do all these things that are not representative of you or your people or your beliefs or anything like that you know and i think that's a big one to fight because then what happened with hip-hop is that as much as it's sort of like something that started in the states you know what happened with like people like WHP, Squatter Camp uh, Pro. You know, gave it like a South African identity. You know, even before that, POC and them, and that's what got it interesting. That's what got the South African go. Okay, maybe I could listen to this yo yo stuff. because the language. I say yo because You know, estrat ne rap was like one thing. It didn't feel like I is you know and and that's what identity was because the south african authenticity was in the music you know the culture was in the music is in the music i guess and i'm saying that what the new guys have to do is not the same thing but just represent what the south african or landscape and culture is about just identity identity and don't make the same type of music make your music there's no way it's not going to be south african and have the south african culture because you're South African. If you really just open yourself up to finding yourself in the music, it's going to be naturally South African because, you know, by default, you are here. Hardy, but you are here. I've heard you rap like when you were starting. You can easily yeah. do a Drake-type song, but yet you decided to do Ngut. Yeah, yeah. Was the reasoning behind that or it was just like, you know, this is what I want to do? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the time, in the beginning, and I think all of us pretty much start off rap with like, thumping a slung. Or, or because, well, the first people I got exposed to was like Eminem and them. So the first rap I had wasn't why I heard was in English. So you start rapping in English because you copy and paste. And how I learned how to rap Vela was to learn other people's songs. And those songs were in English. So by default. And then when I started writing my own stuff, uh, a lot of it was also in English. But a lot of it was also just pushed to prove the fact that I could rap. It was always just yo, I'm better than this, I'm better than you, and I just wanted everyone to know that I could rap. And I did that so much, as I, I felt like there's not a lot of me in this. There's just a lot of the fact that I'm better than you and I can rap and let me show. So it's a whole lot of showcase, but without substance, you know, who's this guy? You know, it's it, it was just a picture of things. There was no substance in that. And, and when I decided to just go, hey man, just be in the music just just kind of bring yourself to the music bring that katlehong guy to the music stop trying to tell us you can rap we know you know uh we you're amazing at it uh, but who are you you know and and that's how songs like ingo to come out you know because that's generally me on a daily look i mean it's just i just just describe that and put that out because that's me and and funny enough that's how a lot of people then started listening and paying attention and kind of gravitating towards the music because there's like a oh yeah oh yeah that guy so we're siding with that because we know what you're about you know we don't only know that you rap i mean we know the the cv stop telling us about your cv now we know who you are and we've met you and they can easily connect like that so yeah and it was a very conscious decision to go i'm gonna just be just put my k1 flag everywhere and just 
be myself, you know. So and 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 it got it, it made it easier for people to connect because it almost felt like you were meeting me, you know. So it's like uh, we became friends every time you bump the joint. Like you go throw a party, you're not not inviting me because you got to play that joint, you know. So I was invited to every party, just just even when I wasn't there, you know, because those songs were human, you know. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Amp Studios Music Industry Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after these. Here's how you can show your money who's boss with a little help from 22.7. You start by linking your accounts, which is safe and secure. The first thing you'll see is something you probably haven't been able to before. All your money stuff together. With your accounts, cards, investments, loans and rewards all in one place, you can see all your transactions, balances and your net value now and over time. Then, 22.7 automatically creates a personalized budget based on your actual spending. It sorts your transactions for you so you know exactly where your money goes. You can see what you usually spend, plan to spend, have already spent and have left to spend. That helps our customers make changes that save them hundreds or thousands almost immediately and every month. You can also invest that extra money tax-free at low cost and in minutes because it's 100% online. In fact, one customer invested while he was stuck in traffic. Then there are nudges, personalized hints and insights that show you things you didn't know about your money to help you use it better. To start managing your money more easily and investing it more smartly, sign up with 22.7 on the web, iOS or Android apps. Welcome back. Let's get back into this week's Amp Studios Music Industry Podcast. All right, so now we've got the music on lockdown. Let's talk about yeah. music videos. Yeah. I know you're very passionate about that. Yeah. Uh, how important is it to have a music video in this current climate? The visual aspect of this message that, um, that music has is an extension of what's here and what is meant in the music. So the connection between the song and the music video is of utmost importance, according to me, because if I can also see it, you know, there's something about seeing something. It's one thing to know that one plus one is two. My pal with chalk uh, on the chalkboard, you know. But if we're one run, no one run, you know, live, Ganji, only two run. You know what I mean? So, so seeing something is an extension of the story of the music. And I feel like a lot of people want to shoot the music video to kind of sell the face. And well, that's what you get told, especially by record labels and stuff. Shoot a music video so people can see your face. Shoot a this, that, and a that so, so they know who you are, which is all good and dandy, you know. But really, I've seen sort of people do like inspirational song and go shoot that in the club with bottles, you know what I mean? So I, the relationship and the marriage of the music video and what it gives to people, because I've always felt like we can sit here and talk a lot. That's, but if you can see the things, you can see the passion behind uh, what it took to make the music. If you can shoot a music video that captures that, this thing is not only just something they hear, it's something they see, it's something that starts living inside of them. So I've always just felt like do not downplay the importance of a music video for the extension of the song and the extension of yourself and also for whoever is watching. And that's what I think a music video represents and should represent. So the marriage between the music and the music video should be well paired and should be, you know, well taken care of. And what part do you have to play in all your music videos? Because when I look at a track like Spirit, yeah. the track is dope. Yeah. Watch the video, it just elevates it and makes it even doper. Yeah. The conceptualization of stuff, especially of that music video, was done by some amazing people, well, at least shots-wise. You know, what I, what I wanted was to, to capture the heart of the song and really speak about where we're from 
and really not be afraid to showcase what we do and what we're about, whether good or bad, you know. There's a scene where there's like a, a chicken uh, sort of getting slaughtered and stuff and, and they try to get us into trouble for that. I'm like, well, come to the hood. You'll see it in real life and arrest everyone yeah, or find everybody. I don't know what you're trying to do. I mean, if I'm supposed to showcase who we are as a people, I'm supposed to showcase what is controversial according to you. I'm just supposed to tell you the truth about the music and about where I'm from. So I literally just said, I just want to capture the heart and essence of not only Katlehong or Vilogish generally and how we are, you know, and Nota got who at first I'm like, yeah, okay, you know. And then when he shot that thing and he started speaking about what he's seeing and what he wants to do, I was like, bro, it's amazing. Let me tell you, that man shot that. He pitched it and, and spoke about it in such a way that he became one with it. Like he, he, I knew what he knew and he knew what I wanted and he could say it. He knew it like the back of his hand, you know. So he shot that thing and they shot it and... And then literally, normally, because you shoot a video and then try edit, you know, and then it goes back, I second edit, I know, I third edit. That thing was one edit, B. That thing was just done once and it, it was just as perfect as, as you see it after just one edit. Now, my next question is two questions, right? I'm an upcoming artist. I've got that idea of spirit, like Send you said. Send me a demo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the same passion. I've got this vision. I can't afford Tebuho, you know? But I want to shoot a music video. How do I yeah. go about that? And then secondly, once I've shot the video, how do I get it on a trace, an MTV base? Unfortunately, there has to be some sort of investment in the thing, whether financial or by relationship. One of the most important investments you can make is in the relationships you have with people and you try to bring them closer or you go closer to them. If you find the people that, that have the things that you need and you get yourself closer to them by offering what you have in exchange for what you need, you know, so, and it's my first joint and I'm an upcoming rapper. Do I really want to spend whatever it is, whatever money I've made on this, on a video that looks like so-and-so, or can I sort of invest in a relationship that will get me a video that is very satisfactory and still speaks the story, then we got to tell the story of the song in ways that we can afford, you know? So you just also kind of have to out-the-box your thoughts, you know? And Because if you're in that thought, then... And I think it's also about, you know, doing the best with what you have, you know? Because yeah. there's a lot of kids that shoot music videos from their phones, you know? Yeah, and there's the also that, dope, you know? Yeah. Even personalities can play a role in that way. If you're the type of business savvy person and you can run a business of sorts and you're just a, a leader by thought, I don't think you should sign a record label if you if you think like that, you know. But if you're an artist-based kind of person where you're just for the arts and what, a deal's probably great for you so that whoever is around you will do all the other works, you know. So you kind of have to look at the things that, that you have and that you can do. You know, I know it sounds great to also want to be an independent artist, you know, but you, you actually kind of have to know how to run the business for you to be that. I mean, you can't just go, the menu looks good. So you kind of have to know what you can and can't do, which means you study yourself, you know yourself to a point of knowing all your limitations and all your potential, you know, and then that's how you know what you have so you can work with it, you know. All right, so the track is clean, video is clean. Can we talk about now performance? What is the craft behind an actual performance? Is it just as simple as... Uh, rehearsing and then you go on stage <laughs> not even i mean the audience is a big player in a performance because this is now your interpretation of, a, of of these songs that you've made you can break a song apart and share it in so many different ways when you're performing live yes there's the expression of the artist who 
who gets lost in the music and just gets taken away by the spirit of performing. But I think a lot of that comes from having catered for an audience. What I do generally with my performances, like we'll get to a place and kind of suss it out if it's a booking, especially. I'd get there, beg a crowd, you know, go, oh, okay. They like this sort of thing. They're responding to this sort of thing. They're responding to that sort of thing. And again, sort of try and tailor make it for for that because that's what you can do with performances. That's why I think they're so important. You can interpret them in a way that connects people with the song. They may go, oh, damn, I would have never thought I liked that. But because of how you interpreted it on the stage with whatever spirit they were in, then you guys connect in that way. There's a way that the music can speak when you're performing in which that the, the person that's in the audience might never have heard or gotten an opportunity to like the joint you know you could you could literally perform the one song in in Kandla and you could perform it in Orania it takes a lot of that and understanding those things you can rehearse all you want but if you keep giving us the same stuff and repeated stuff we're pretty much gonna know it I mean you look at for an example like a, a guy like aka you know who has a catalog that is really long and he can do these songs over and over and over and over at every show, just just switch them around. But how he does it keeps changing with almost every show, you know, because it keeps growing. And then he finds a new way to manipulate this joint. He finds a new way to manipulate that joint and finds other ways, you know. So you keep also growing. Personally, has become my favorite part of the process. You know, I mean, you make the music, uh, you put it out there, you shoot the videos and whatever. But right now, and, and for the past couple of years, I've been really in love with the with the performance factor of things because of what I learned that you, you can do so much with it, especially now that we've I've added like a whole live band situation, you know? So that means literally we can break the song down in the middle of the song, you know, we can start with the last verse, you know, put the last verse third, you know, put the, you know, we can do whatever, which means we're in the spirit. It always almost sounds like a new song when you're in it. So you never get lost in anything except the music. You know? All right, so let's talk about the most important thing about this, which is uh, money, the ching ching. Yeah. How does one go about handling that? Well, first you try and make it. <laughs> rule number one <laughs> rule number one try and make it you know just don't let it be the reason for anything you need to sort of build a relationship with money where you you sort of trust each other you have to build that money to trust it on the day that is not as bright as yesterday that it'll take care of you and vice versa you know so just looking at your life and the things you need separating those things from the things you want and the things that a lot of people buy things because of the idea of getting them but don't really need them at the time. We all have things we don't need. If we can sort of limit those things that we don't need and get the things that, that we really use on a daily. I, I did a show like last week and I hadn't done a show since since about February or something, wow. since about Jan. That means I haven't been making any money for the whole year. And the only way I survived was because I don't really buy a lot of stuff. With this attitude or personality trait, is really how I survived 2020. So I've never really been motivated by money. I'm not, and I'm not saying I don't love it. I love it. I love the fact that it's there. I love the fact that it can take care of, of, of Ingozi. You know, I love the fact that it can take care of Impiloyam, you know, but that's all I love it for. The society we live in has made it such an important thing. Uguti, when you survive, you kind of need it. So take care of it so that it takes care of you because that's the world we live in. But don't let it don't let it be the reason you wake up, you know. Let it make you sleep peacefully, yeah, but don't don't wake up just because of it, yeah. I like that, man. That's very profound. And uh, speaking about money, you recently got uh, married. Yeah. Uh, which is not yeah. cheap at all. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, <laughs> not at all. I got I got married with 
rainy day man you know i didn't get a big check <laughs> it was it was rainy day guapo like, uh, maybe one day i'll get married i don't know huh? so you keep it in things because you grow in, in life generally you find things to do or things find you and having money helps and the only way to have money is to keep money and what about investing is that something that you dabble in or are thinking about doing i've tried you know <laughs> um to tell you the truth i've tried many times and have failed many times, almost all the time. Because, like I say, with my limits and all of that. So I've put in money in things and, and lost it all. And then I've put in money in things and I needed more money to get out of things. You know, <laughs> yeah, I've done many of those things. So now what I figured was the best way is to have a person also that deals with that on my behalf, that kind of deals with my money growth, investments and all of that, you know. And you keep people around you that take care of that. I'm just not that person. I love the fact that you're mentioning your team. Um, How does one go about choosing, you know, like their managers? How did you go about choosing them? I'm really into people and like the type of person you are. If you're just a shitty person, I'm never going to work with you. You know, we, we, we're not going to, I'm not just going to chase the skill. So how I went about, we, we had done things before and there's a certain warmth about it. That's really what it was. It was really just, I know that this person is dope. And also I have seen the work, you know, that the work and also just having met the team around her. Uh, she also looks for, I would say the same qualities because Everybody is sort of has has a certain warm quality about them. I don't want robots around me because we have to talk and we have to. Sometimes I'll go through stuff and I want to share things. You know, the human relationship is very important for me and how I choose the people I I generally work with. If you want to have your way with me, be nice to me. You, you'll probably you'll probably get that way. Don't give me stuff that I can read on a CV. You know, just yeah, the 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 human aspect of things is very important to me. And what is the importance of having a manager? Because I mean. I'm looking at you, you're a well-established artist. Why even need to get a manager? I struggle to type up an email. (laughs) (laughs) It's cliched, it's whatever. I just want to make music, bro. I think a manager's job is to stress and think about potential problems and potential uh, growth like your mind is just always running where do we go from here and this that and the third i don't want to do that i want to entrust that to someone that i can learn to trust maybe in time or immediately but that's an important thing to know as an artist generally uh, or as a manager or as a human just uh, just understand we're having an honest conversation with yourself and just saying what can you do and what can't you do and and i always say this when people ask me what can you say to the upcoming rapper i'm like hey baba speak to yourself make sure you're good at it you know because if you're not good at it you're going to be 50 doing the same thing i've had many of these honest conversations with myself and i know that i don't have it in me too as much as i'm an established artist this that and the third i don't want to walk into anybody's office and say i'm questa and here's what i can offer you and here's the the analytics of this and here's the what and of the of the what i just want to get there and play the joint you know and (laughs) you know what i mean that's it that's it bro That was part one of this Amped Studios Masterclass. Tune in next week to hear part two on the Amped Studios Music Industry Podcast. Brought to you by Old Mutual. Hope you're learning a lot and loving the series. Please subscribe right now to make sure you don't miss out on more. And if you'd like to see videos or access more content or even use the Amped Studios facilities, or maybe you just want to be part of our Amped Studios journey, go to our website. That's ampedstudios.co.za. A-M-P-D-studios.co.za and sign up there. You can also sign up by sending your name to our WhatsApp line on 081 707 That's 081 707 Music has changed. How it makes us feel never will. 
The time is now to visit mstudios.co.za. Brought to you by Old Mutual.